Well, education in the province has been in the news a lot. Test scores, mathematics specifically, that are concerning. Payments to parents. Some people say the money could be better used for this or that. Some people say we need to prove that parents are spending that money on educational needs or tutoring or tech. Stephen Lecce is the education minister of the province, and we find out also if the province and QP are any closer for school support workers to coming to some kind of common ground on a contract that would spur other contracts in the education field. That's on Friday's Toronto Today. Minister Lecce, thanks for the time. I want to get as much as we can in. I know we got about several minutes, but I want to do uh, all we can to uh, get the public informed here. For sure. Good morning, Greg. Good to be on. Thank you for doing that. How did you come to this amount for uh, parents when it came to uh, the uh, the money they'll receive for either tutoring costs or new tech costs? How did you come to that amount? You know, uh, Greg, we believe that parents needed some financial support in this economy and to help their kids catch up. We announced an investment in the budget in August of $225 million. We extended it and expanded it to over $360 million yesterday. We've done this three times before, giving direct financial support to moms and dads of the province. We've done it around $200 per child up to age 18 and then $250 for kids with special education needs up to age 21. And I should just say, Greg, you can apply online right now to families out there, ontario.ca forward slash catch up payments. Over 300,000 people have done so, which is awesome. And I just know parents, I trust them. I trust them more than I would any bureaucrat or politician or, or union president to put these dollars to good use to help their kids while we in the ministry and the government massively increase funding for schools and publicly funded tutoring to make sure it's accessible to everyone. Yeah, I think you get the idea in politics. There's going to be fair criticism. There's going to be Monday morning quarterbacking, doing this, doing that. Here's what I haven't gotten. And that's criticism of, well, the the, the parents have to show that they're spending the money. Well, they didn't have to do that before. The liberal federal government didn't ask for that with CERB payments. And the NDP, with the help of the liberals federally, didn't ask even for that with with the dental money that deservedly some families are now getting. But they're not asking for receipts for braces or root canals. There has to be an element of trust to taxpayers to do what's right with the money. It also comes down to a philosophical position. The premier campaigned on affordability and the government was elected with a mandate. And I believe people parents who love their kids are best positioned to put these dollars to use. They play a critical role in the life of a child and they're learning and they bore a massive amount of responsibility while these kids were home and they deserve support. And if we can even incrementally provide a few extra bucks, I think that's sensible recognizing that that alone is not going to fix the global challenge of learning loss. It's just going to be, you know, another tool in the toolbox, if you will, because this government's taking all the above approach. We're expanding the tutoring, $175 million extended into next year, the largest tutoring program of its kind. We're increasing training for math of our teachers. And for the first time in Ontario, we're going to be one of the only provinces to actually provide early reading uh, assessments. We're going to literally provide a reading uh, intervention program where at a young age, kindergarten, grade one and grade two, your child will now have an assessment of the reading capability, which is very powerful. We'll be able to catch literacy challenges and speech development issues at the front end, not at the back end. 
So we're being proactive, we're investing, and yeah, we're going to help parents along the way. Stephen Lecce is joining us on 640 Toronto. Um, a caller to Oakley show yesterday, a math department head in high school said they're getting kids from grade eight to nine, and they were before the pandemic that aren't prepared for high school math. How can we bridge this better? This, like, you know, this is your portfolio. How do we get elementary schools and high schools more on the same page so that eighth graders are more ready to make a big leap to grade nine math? It, it, Greg, it's a really important point, the transition from elementary to high school, because grade nine math would have seen the greatest level of progression of all the uh, grades, grade three, six, and nine, where we do testing. So it's a critical point. The first principle, you want to get your child on track. You want to help see real improvements to math or literacy. They've got to stay in class. The first anchor of our program on the plan to catch up is premise on a belief that stability in-person learning in front of a teacher is going to support these kids in their recovery. The second is the curriculum. The former Liberal government had a curriculum out there that was entirely disconnected to the labour market. It was updated last in 2005. YouTube and Twitter, you know, hadn't, and the Apple phone had not been even launched. Totally irrelevant. They didn't teach financial literacy. They didn't teach coding. They didn't teach digital literacy. They didn't teach kids the leadership qualities we want. And so the math curriculum we unveiled just last September just underway. Finally, mandates from grade one right to grade eight, money skills. They learn about personal budgeting. They learn financial literacy in grade one in every single grade. Finally, they're going to learn how to code. These are life and job skills that are going to help give these kids a competitive advantage. So while we've increased the funding for tutoring, we've modernized the curriculum. We're now, you know, in the courts, we're making the case that teachers should have a minimum grade nine standard when it comes to math. And right now, as you know, we're before the courts because that's being litigated. But we believe fundamentally you want to be a new educator in Ontario. We've got to up our game. It's not a comment on the individual. It's a comment on all of us having to do better for our kids. And so I believe you want to be a new teacher. You've got to have a grade nine math standard. If you're an existing teacher, you've got to participate in the mandatory professional development. Yeah. And finally, we've announced a new thing, which are these, the concept of a math action team. What this is, is we're going to deploy the, the best mathematical educators in the province, uh, a bit of a SWAT yeah. team, and deploy them to the high-risk schools in Ontario to lift those standards, lift those scores, and help these kids get a good job. Next time you're on, I want to expand on what that team looks like. I want to get our audience an update on where things are at with QP. I've heard from someone I trust that actually there's more progress than's being documented right now. I want to give you an opportunity. I get how a contract negotiation needs to be portrayed. Would you characterize there to have been movement? Would you characterize the province has moved closer to their ask than has been documented so far? Uh, well, I can tell you, they've asked for a nearly 50% increase in compensation, over 11% every year over the course of the contract, plus other benefits and entitlements that add up to nearly 50 points. We've been clear that is just unaffordable. 19, if we took that request, that demand, and impose it on the teachers, because remember, folks, whatever I sign, the government signs with CUPE, it becomes the minimum in the teacher negotiation. That means there'd be a 19, nearly $19 billion cost or liability to the taxpayer but they've so moved are, on that 11 percent this week they've moved on that 11 percent this week have they not 
No, I mean, I, unfortunately, they haven't, Greg. They're still requesting demanding, but just over 11 points every year over the course of the mandate. They've, in fact, doubled down on it on sick leave. We said, can we talk about this? There's 131 days yeah. of sick leave, 11 at 100%, and 120 days at 90%. They had job security through the pandemic and beyond. Yeah. And, of course, the best pension and benefits. And I'm not saying this, like, I, I want to be clear. I value these workers. They play an important role in the, in the life of a child, and I celebrate them. But when we're offering an increase of pay, two points every year, 8% over the course of the program, plus the maintenance of the best benefits, the best pensions, the sick leave, the job security, I think we've offered them something reasonable. So to your point, there's a whole bunch of rhetoric in these negotiations in the public. My point is, privately, we've got three more days of negotiating. Learning loss, to your earlier question, is real. It's a global challenge. You want to get kids back on track. What my message to the union is, put them first. Do not walk away from the table. I understand there is a big gap between us and them, but we've been through this story before with this union in the same period of time just two years ago, and we were able to get a deal. But it required them to be prepared to stay at the table, not to walk, not to strike, not to impose hardship on children who've already faced so much. So I do think there's a path there. It just requires us to be reasonable. The current request of the union, they haven't changed anything on their end, remains very high and frankly, unaffordable. And I just think if we're going to put more money in that public education, which we are, we have $600 million more million this year, I'd rather go to the classroom. I'd rather to expand tutoring, to expand mental health supports. I'd rather improve you know, the opportunities okay. for kids to get jobs rather than necessarily continuing to pour more money in the system. I mean, Greg, 80 cents to the dollar in education goes to compensation. I think we could put a few more bucks in the system for our kids. And that's yeah. sort of the message we're putting out there. But listen, I... I know that these are tough rhetorical, you know, moments between all the parties. I just want cooler heads to prevail mm. so we can keep these kids in school. Stephen, thanks very much for the time. Keep us updated. Uh, and we'll, we'll have you back in a couple of weeks to see where things are at. Have a good weekend. Oh, you too. Thank you. Stephen Lecce is Minister of Education.